0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station, bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver!
1: This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. As always, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Whether that's the completely free and totally awesome iHeartRadio app, Apple, Google, Spotify. Hey, we just want to make sure you never miss an episode of the program. And when we are on live, you can hit us up there on the iHeartRadio app where you stream us and click on the talkback microphone. We want to hear from you. Uh, check out the interview we had earlier today with George Teruri That's already up at Broncos Country tonight. .com. We'll get to our NFL six pack coming up at ten thirty-five. But Ben, uh, I wanted to spend some time here talking about the poll questions I put out earlier. It, it was it was kind of a little bit based on, on a few different things I was tying together. But uh, ESPN four letters, twenty-four hour sports network. Mm-hmm. Do
0: you think it'll ever work? I don't know that it can. Um, I was I, I, I did like the fact that you polled me twice this morning. It was a little uncomfortable, but okay. I, by God, we're not in the family hour. No,
1: we. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna edit that out. So, uh,
0: <laughs> you can't edit live, Ryan.
1: <laughs> All right, so, so, uh, they are running right now their top, I don't know, it's like top 10 to 15 or so players by position. And I, I started to think about valuation of each position and where you'd actually want to have a top 10 player, top five player at each of these positions. So I, I kind of want to look at the offense and the defense, but I thought we'd start on the offensive side of the ball, and that, that's where I, I decided to run the poll. Now, obviously, very obviously, quarterback, no-brainer, right? I mean, everybody wants a top-ten quarterback. Everybody wants a top-five quarterback. That's not even really a debate. But then you get outside of that concentric circles, if you will, mm-hmm. and then you start to have a, a little bit of a, a conversation about, okay, well, what does what does that mean to have a top-ten left tackle or a top-ten running back or top-ten wide receiver, top-ten tight end? or top 10 uh, interior offensive linemen, and, and how much does that move the needle? How much does that change
0: things for you? Well, there's there's some interesting nuance to this discussion I wanted to get into before, yep. we, before we settle on answers because there, to me, and, and someone else pointed this out as well, it was the same question I had. I just kept it because I wanted to save it for the show. Uh, but but uh, look at you doing prep. Yeah, I know. There, there was some nuance to this question. I, I answered offensive tackle and edge rusher. If the question is exactly as you framed it, Top ten, and you're potentially getting the tenth best at each. Okay, if you are getting the best player at each, that answer changes for me in in, in every scenario. Okay, uh, because if you're getting Aaron Donald versus the tenth best defensive tackle, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm taking the interior defensive lineman. Right, um, that's a good point. You know, so so for me, I, I wanted to make sure we have some some understanding behind the nuance of this question. As exactly framed, I would take the tenth offensive tackle and the tenth edge rusher over anything else in those two polls.
1: Okay, yeah, and and that's fair. It's tough, again, with nuance of of a poll question because you're trying to get the simplest verbiage out there. And I knew we'd have a little bit longer form conversation about this because I wasn't going to just simply ask you what you voted for on there. Because honestly... What you voted for in there has been inconsequential. The the conversation about it, because you'd actually want top tens at several of those, right? When
0: you want to have a top ten running back and a Uh, top ten wide receiver. I would probably take the number one running back before I would take the others to to pair with the quarterback. Because if i got a great quarterback, he's going to make everybody else better anyway. Yeah, and see, this is... And the difference, hold on, the difference between whoever you put at number one, whether that's Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, or or Jonathan Taylor, whoever you put at number one, right? The difference between that and the tenth running back, which, by the way, was Damian Harris, eleventh was Melvin Gordon. Is vast to me. You're definitely taking number one over number ten there, right? So for me, there are ten, there are five or six running backs that you're definitely taking because what the, the value add that they bring to the table before you start hitting that seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's that's why I want to get into the nuance.
1: I mean, there's a little bit of a point you have to make here about how those players are impacted by having a good quarterback, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. You know, Ryan was, was Jonathan
0: Taylor impacted by having a great quarterback in Carson Wentz? Uh, what about Nick imp- Chubb? On, with, on, but he's impacted by having a great offensive line. What about Nick Chubb with the 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 ghost of Baker Mayfield that played last year? Yeah, cuz those are the top 2 running backs in the gu- league.
1: A good offensive line and and a quarterback that was at least competent. Mhm
0: most of the time. I think those two had terrible quarterback situations. I mean, maybe Joe Mixon might be the one situation you look at that had a bad offensive line and, and had, had the good, good quarterback.
1: quarterback yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, again, there's lots of nuances to this conversation, right. and I, I don't think there's a cookie-cutter answer whatever. And eventually, one of the ways I want to get to this conversation is I sort of want you to rank those, not so much the straight-up, I'll-take-a-top-ten-player at this. I see your point, though, about having... The number one guy versus the number ten guy, because there is a bit of a range. Like when we get to the defensive side, I, I do want to have a conversation because I think it's such a unique position to have a top ten defensive tackle.
0: Right, and it is, and that's the thing. Like the difference between the number one and the number ten receiver in the NFL isn't that large. Isn't the difference between game. the number one defensive tackle and the number ten defensive tackle is a mile wide. Yeah, or in this case, high. Wow, well, I, I, I sort of see what you did there. So, so, so
1: on the offensive side of the ball, you answered offensive tackle. I, I found, and again, that that's just destroying the poll. But I but I found that a lot of the answers that people gave on that was a little bit of the old methodology, just the old mindset, because we just watched the Cincinnati Bengals take Jamar Chase over Penay Sewell mm-hmm. and go to the freaking Super Bowl, and we both know that Jamar Chase was the guy that stirred the stirred the drink. Like he is he is one of those dudes that that will change a game where Panay Sewell is an investment in an idea of protecting your quarterback, which is very important, but they still were able to win a lot of games and put themselves in position to win a championship. And they wouldn't have done that with Jamar Chase. Now that, that's one small example. I can give plenty more where we talk about having one of the elite tight ends and how different that makes you as an offense. Mm. How much that changes the matchups and the way you game plan any given game. But again, I'd be using, as you put it, the elite guys, the Travis Kelsey, the George Kittle, the Darren Wallers, and how they fit into specifically the scheme of what they're running out there, mm-hmm. and on top of how the role they have with that quarterback. But but again, I feel like it, it all still falls under the same umbrella. What do you value? What's important to your specific team? Or more importantly, what's important in a general NFL sense? What, Where are we at in valuation right now of these players in these positions?
0: Well... The, the Rams did the thing that the other teams that played the Bengals just didn't figure out how to do, and that was get interior pressure because that, that offensive line was bad, and and when you did that, then it didn't matter. The quarterback couldn't get the ball to the receiver. Fair point. You gave them time, they'd burn you. Yeah, and the um, Broncos against Jamar Chase, I mean, they were able to sort of shut him down. He they, had a spectacular year, but the Broncos shut the Bengals down offensively. If did. it hadn't been for the weirdo Drew Locke RPO thing, I mean, yeah. you and know, then they the one probably would have won that Ty-
1: game. Tyler Boyd. Right. And, yeah.
0: Probably would have won that game. So, um you know, I think that uh, if you go back and you and you and you're looking at this kind of stuff, to me the the offensive tackle is always going to be the safer option. It's going to buy your quarterback time to get the ball out. It's going to buy your running back better time to, to better lanes to be able to run through. And so for me, I just sort of defaulted to the safer methodology. I, 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 I hear you saying uh-huh. it's an old school line of thought. I don't necessarily agree that it's an old school line of thought. It is a traditional line of thought.
1: I'll give you a direct example of how it do, it, it does not move. It does not move the needle, if you will. Garrett Bowles is a top ten left tackle. Mm-hmm. You have a top ten left tackle well, on the but, team, and
0: what does that do for you? But all things being equal, uh, it, you, when you have bad quarterback play, when you've got Teddy two yards out there throwing, you know, chucking the ball deep a yard and a half, uh, you know, I, I think that that's that's sort of the problem there. It doesn't matter if. if if Garrett Bowles is out, you are buying you all the time in the world, and you're still dumping it down. That's on the quarterback, well, and, not the and tackle.
1: I, and I guess to that to that point, I guess I could probably carry that out a little bit, saying, well, you could have the number one or a top ten running back, like Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. kind of is in that category. And, hey, he had 20 touchdowns over the last two years. You were one of the worst offenses in the league, and that was with his 20 touchdowns. Right. And the same thing, Gordon Sutton looked like a guy that could be trending towards top ten category. Mm-hmm. He got hurt, and that didn't impacted things. I mean, the consistency wise of the quarterback play was all over the map. So, what do you, what does it matter if you have a top ten wide receiver, that's top ten the, running back, the if thing. your quarterback isn't doing it?
0: That's the other part of this. You have to if you're if you're doing this poll. I'm going under the assumption that you have competent quarterback play in a vacuum. Sure. Okay. So we can start at that.
1: So let's just say starting at baseline, competent quarterback, top half of the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe even say top 12. Let's just pick a
0: quarterback at random. Derek Carr is the quarterback across perfect, the board here. Perfect example. Or Kirk Cousins, you know, one of those guys. That's, eh, they're Derek better Carr. than average, but they're not, you know, <laughs> top of the mark.
1: Uh, Arif Hassan is right now just, just like, cringing, Are you kidding me? Just cringing. Why are you doing this to me?
0: Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> case cook us.
1: Uh, all right. Um, uh, all you got to bring is Carson Wentz, and, and right. then he basically just burns this thing. So, okay, fair enough. Baseline quarterback. And maybe that would be the way to, I, I could have framed the poll. Sure. Baseline quarterback, assuming you have competent quarterback play. Boy, that word just feels like a mile away from what the Broncos had over the recent years. Competent quarterback play. You
0: take offensive tackle. I think so, because I, I, I do believe that that maximizes, the, um, that maximizes the amount of time your quarterback's going to have to throw and be better than average, even though he's average as a, as a it gives him the maximum amount of opportunity and it gives your running back the maximum amount of opportunity. Uh, a wide receiver doesn't help your running back at all. Tight end may help your running back, but you know, I mean, I mean, you really, you want an elite pass catching tight end. That's why you're doing that, not necessarily yeah. an elite blocker. Um, so I, I just don't, I feel like, in, or or if you're doing the running back, I think the, the order of operation here has to be, and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but the order of operation for me would be offensive tackle, running back, tight end wide
1: receiver. Okay, yeah, and that's and that was eventually where I wanted to get to, which is actually ranking these because inevitably you'd love to have top ten guys at all all these positions, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. like because the Broncos might be in that category if you say Garrett Bowles is still in that conversation as a top ten tackle. If Javante Williams and or Melvin Gordon put themselves in position, they don't cancel each other out. One of them becomes a top ten guy, that wouldn't shock anybody. And and there's certainly a scenario where you think Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton could become. In that conversation as well, I don't know if the Broncos are looking at Greg Dulcich or Albert Okweba. But I'm saying, hey, we have a top ten tight end there, not yet, but one day maybe. The point being here, though, you'd like to have it multiple positions, but this the whole conversation. The point of the poll is if you could only have one, I would rank them. I would rank them receiver, running back, offensive tackle, and I'll tell you why. Because Russell Wilson is a perfect example of a guy that's had subpar offensive line and continued to be dominant. He's continued to be good. Now, would he like to have better offensive line play? Of course he would. It's part of the reason why he's in Denver right now. (laughs) Seattle never gave him what he wanted. But he was a guy that continued to show, give me talent receiver, right? Talent receiver, talent running back, Mm -hmm. and I can do the rest. It's not for every quarterback. It is not... Peyton Manning needed... I mean, he didn't always have great offensive lines, but he needed that decent offensive. He needed a good center, really, more than yeah, a good Yeah, he needed
0: good interior offensive. Interior. Tony, Peyton Manning played some, some horrendous tackles. Yeah. Remember Tony Hugo started oh God, a year? I don't know.
1: But the interior offensive lines, he had pretty decent ones. Right. And it's the communication that he needed. and He didn't want, and this is our defensive the, tackle conversation eventually. but
0: The key to making Peyton Manning successful and the key to beating Peyton Manning was double-A gap if you could protect the A gaps and if you could blitz again. And that's why the Chargers had such great success mm-hmm. against Peyton Manning is they ran a lot of double A gap against him and that was why the Chargers over the years when he was with the Colts had success against Peyton Manning. So, so
1: we're a little bit inverted on this.
0: It's different though Peyton's a throwback quarterback. Like nobody sure. nobody nobody's that immobile anymore. Right.
1: So I I'm I'm looking at this as well, another example now now this one might work against me a little bit here but Patrick Mahomes right mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl yeah I mean offensive line my god they, they needed so much much help with the offensive line they revamped their offensive mm-hmm. line it is a better O line now but a lot of people are discrediting they, they're they're thinking the chiefs are going to take a step back. why is that it's because they lost Tyree kill mm-hmm. losing talent like that at receiver. You can replace with a bunch of twos, and that's all they're doing is they're replacing with a bunch of twos, some speed, a possession guy, and and in the end, they're thinking that can replace the overall talent of Tyree Kill. That's
0: not an apples-to-apples, though. A lot of people think the Chiefs are stepping back because their defense is decimated and old. Sure. Yeah, the Tyree Kill thing, and they think that'll change the way that teams can defend Pat Mahomes, but I still think the Kansas City's offensive scoring output's going to be high. It's Andy Reid. To wit... Kansas City, when when they had Alex Smith, was still the number one scoring offense in the NFL. When they added Pat Mahomes, they just went from number one to still number one.
1: Yeah, that, that's it, it's not going to be significant, but it could be the difference in game-changing moments. If
0: Tyreek Hill were that big a threat, are you putting the
1: Dolphins at the top of the AFC East all of a sudden? I'm not, because again, there's an assumption of quarterback play that we so we you're both... saying to us sucks
0: just saying you're almost like you're almost on the train you want to win this argument so you're going to sacrifice your own thoughts on Tua just to try to win this argument
1: i have no idea what you're talking about uh-huh
0: uh-huh i'll walk you into this oh, one Edwards. god walk, did I'll you walk, i walked you into this one okay I, 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 look, if it were possible for great receivers to carry a team, then Anquad Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald would have carried Rod Bartell and and, and all those other guys, but, but again, Derek Anderson.
1: We have to say middle of the pack to
0: light, slightly above. Well, they had some middle of the pack quarterbacks uh, in there, too. Would and you say that? Yeah, they had some middle. And steeper those guys would have carried they were, all they those were post-Kurt Warner quarterbacks top to, twenties to
1: most of the time. And most of them, they were way Matt lower Flynn, than them. I
0: believe, was in there for a minute. Are you really bringing up the... the, the
1: Goes to Matt Flynn here to make They're your the guy that the
0: Seahawks originally had envisioned to be the guy that Russ was going to be his
1: backup. Benjamin, there's a reason why, and and this is where you're going to get dis- destroyed on this argument. Mm. There's a reason why wide receivers are now making the kind of money and have the cachet that they have. Is a reason for that because the league has become dependent. It used to be a dependent position. It's now the other way around. Well, if you have a if you have a receiver that truly changes the dynamic of how you are on offense. You can be great,
0: Again, but there are so few. Assuming confident quarterback, but there are so late. few of those. mean, you're talking about six guys in the league that are like that. We're talking
1: top ten. That, that's it. That we talking top ten. This is the top ten.
0: Who's the tenth best receiver in the NFL? I mean, like, like uh, what, but, what are I we going to base this on? Well, I mean, tenth best
1: receiver. Yes, I, I, I had to look that up. I don't
0: have that in front of me. You, you can, you can probably find gonna, that faster. Yeah, I'm saying I'm going I'm to try and you know I'm trying to think about this. Like, who the top ten receivers are? I mean, I would put New Copkins in there. Yeah, uh, I put Cooper Cup. In there, Cooper Cup's in there. Uh, I think Tyree Terry McLaurin is certainly quarterback proof.
1: Yeah, Tyree um, you kills in, in, in there. there. Uh, uh, you were talk about AJ Brown. I think is, is is in that conversation right now. Devontae Adams, obviously in that conversation. Uh, we could keep going down the list. I mean, a lot of these guys <laughs> moved around, or or but they got big. Oh, paydays. Justin
0: Jefferson probably in that Justin conversation. Mark like. Chase probably in that conversation.
1: I, I uh, loved your point by the way, very, very quickly. I loved your point about how guy number one uh-huh. versus guy number
0: ten isn't significant... That's to say, you get, start getting to 8, 9, 10, 11 here and you're talking about Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, and DJ Moore. All studs. All, uh, uh, the all, difference between all them right. and Kopp and, and Jefferson, I mean... No, I, I, it, it's a fair point.
1: But you'd want one of those guys... D.J. Moore I mean, might be Terry the...
0: McLaurin was the 20th receiver in, re, in receiving yards last year. Yeah, but again, quarterback play. I, I get that, but that's what I'm getting at. I mean, if you look at the combination of catch percentage on the, the targets that they had, the number of yards they have, guys like Cup, Jefferson, Adams, that's one, two, three, right? But then you start getting to like 9, 10, 11, it's Lockett, Deontay Johnson, D.J. Moore. The drop-off isn't huge, so. Okay, I tell you what. We're out of
1: time to finish this conversation. We'll do the defense inside the ball tomorrow. Right. I ran the clock down on you? <laughs> you? Kneeling the clock out? It couldn't be you. And feel free to hit us up on this. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm not trying to create unnecessary argument here. I genuinely believe that times have changed. Ben still stuck in the past, very clearly. Ben likes to win. I am forward thinking on this, but you guys can hit us up. And then hey, you know, this might be a case to court. Again, the Honorable Steve Atwater, when he's done being lucha libre, maybe he'll come back and he'll <laughs> he'll he'll jump in here and we'll figure this thing out. We'll get to our NFL six pack coming up next. Broncos Country Tonight on KOA This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. Check out those poll questions that we were referencing earlier at our Edwards Radio on Twitter. Follow Ben at Albright NFL. Of course, the station at KOA Colorado. Uh, We'll 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 debate the defensive side of the ball. Tomorrow, I think that'll be a lot of fun on a Friday. This
0: should be like a daily segment, man. We do um, Ryan Hugh- Ryan's huge poll every day. Wow.
1: Anyways, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If, if we still have any listeners, subscribe to the podcast uh, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple, Google, Spotify. And please, let's get to it right now. Our NFL six-pack. It's time for the NFL six-pack. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Insight and inside information you can't find anywhere else. Now, top six. the top six NFL headlines. What? All right, well, now that Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther, a lot of people are asking, well, what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, I don't know if you saw that thing, by the way, too, with uh, I think it was Mike Silver who I know you're a big fan of, and Colin Cowherd talking about how they're tr- changing some kind of throwing motion to Trey Lance, and it's he's getting arm fatigue, and I don't know, there's some weird stuff going on with the 49ers. But that all being said, man, this is for another day, that all being said, what's next for Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: Well, first, what's next for the universe? Because when the guy who can't get anything right and the guy who gets everything wrong go head-to-head <laughs> head right there, I, somebody, I, yeah, Colin Cowherd and Mike Silver, on a, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd rather go on Fear Factor and eat whatever they serve up than listen to either one of those two speak for any reason about anything. Um, We'll tweet that at him. Yeah, yeah, I'll tag him in that Uh, because it's not blocked by both. Um, That said, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners are leaking out the whole, like, we're not going to cut him. Uh, We're moving forward with he's on the team because they're trying to get somebody to trade for him. As far as the options that go for him, there's really just two. Seattle, and and are you going to trade him in division? And Houston, and do you... Do you trade for him, knowing that you've got Davis Mills that you've got some faith in based on his productivity last year? That's, those are really the options right now. The only other option I could think of is if Tua gets hurt in training camp, uh, then the Miami Dolphins could be in line for that, given with Mike McDaniel is the head coach and, and and knows what's going on there. But other than that, there just really there just aren't options. Like where else would he just going to do? You know, uh, the New York Giants. I mean, he doesn't really know the offense there at all. Dayball does have experience with Bill Belichick and does you know he could get a background on him and. You know, but they're, they want to roll one more year with Daniel Jones and see if he's the guy. So what about the Detroit Lions? Uh, J- no, I, I can't see that. Dan Cam- He's not a Dan Campbell guy. Like, it's just not. J- Jared Goff is, is kind of their guy until he's not their guy. I can't see Dan Campbell throwing in on, on Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think that's a clash of personalities.
1: Yeah, there aren't many other teams out there. You know, the Falcons would be one. But they, they at this point, they're playing for... A high draft pick. Yeah, they're the Falcons
0: st- are in year two of a rebuild. They know what they're in. They're in a stripped-down rebuild. There's yeah. no way.
1: They just got done with a big contract. And plus, that's the other part of this is Jimmy Garoppolo is going to want upwards of $30 million probably right. for a and new the contract. the Falcons can't
0: afford that. They're trying to strip down. They're trying to get rid of all this money. So,
1: um, I think you're I think I'm right. I, I, I know that there are conversations about after this year and maybe the Raiders because Derek Carr's contract, even though it's an extension, really is only for like this year mm-hmm. they can move on from him as soon as next year so I, I know there's
0: some conversations about there whether jimmy garoppolo could join them in free agency but i think that's leveraging stuff josh mcdaniels and Derek carr like each other a lot josh mcdaniels tried to get the patriots to trade for Derek carr after brady was gone they ended up signing cam Newton. Yeah. so um i don't think that happens
1: okay well it, it feels like we're headed towards jimmy garoppolo on the 49ers this year i doubt it
0: i think he really okay. I, I think okay. he's moved I, I think it's it's trey lance's show uh, regardless of what any uh, anybody out there saying, it's going to be the Trailhead Show. You with our fatigue and or whatever they're calling it, yeah. arm fatigue or whatever, whatever it is that they're they're on about now. All right, next story.
1: Two. All right, this is a cool story. The Raiders hired Sandra Douglas Morgan as their team president. How about this? The first female team president, also first black woman to be named team president. In NFL history, this is unbelievable. A uh, former Nevada Gaming Control Board chairwoman uh, has held, was holding the position from 2019 to 2021. And she was also, by the way, the first black woman to serve in that role. So uh, what a cool moment. And, and listen, for all the back and forth we have in the AFC West, Broncos, Raiders, and that history... Man, tip of the cap to the Raiders, man. They, they are always on the forefront of these these kinds of moves.
0: They were the first to hire a female front office executive, Amy Trask. Uh, they're the first to, to have a team president now, uh, and she her bona fides are legitimate. This is not like we're just, you know, people get out there, they say crass things like this is a diversity hire or whatever. No, her bona fides are legitimate. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want to hear any of that. I know it's the Raiders, and you know, we all hate the Raiders and all that kind of stuff, whatever, but, um, you know, you got to tip the cap to your enemy when they do the right thing, right? Yeah. You know, and that's what makes it that much sweeter when you beat them, right? And then so, they've got a history of this, right? So uh, the Raiders have been an organization, have been a team, have been on the forefront, honestly, of, of of those kinds of things. Whether it's the coach with Tom Flores and you know Art Shell, or whether it's uh, you know front office execs like Amy Trask, and and now uh, tip of the catch the Raiders, man, I you know I hope it works out for them in 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 that regard, except two games a year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no doubt. All right, next story. Three. So this is kind of random, and I saw this I say late last night or early this morning. I guess Troy Vincent, who's the uh, NFL executive VP of football operations, they have a goal to have flag football in the 2028 Olympics. That's their goal. They want to have a they want to have
0: flag football represented as an Olympic sport. Think they can pull this off? I think they can. I think it's possible. They want to integrate football as a worldwide phenomenon, the way that um, that basketball and the NBA have been doing that since the Dream Team and, and exporting basketball and making it a worldwide sport. Um, they really do. They, they understand that, that the U.S. of A. is tapped out nearly in terms of cities and expansion and whatever else you're going to do. So if you're going to make football, uh, if you're going, get, you're going to create additional revenue channels for football, you're going to have to get international with it, uh, and it's going to have to be something that – uh, that you, you get, I it, it can't replace soccer, but it's at least got to have a footprint out there somewhere. Um, and there is, there is considerable groundswell for that. I think flag football is, is the starting point for that. I think that allows, um, that allows the world to kind of test their, their foot with great athletes and not worry about as many injuries as, as you would with full-on football. But uh, I think it's feasible. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how good the presentation is if they're able to do it. But I, I do think it is definitely feasible.
1: Well, and he even said that there is a possibility of both men and women Doing this,
0: yeah, I know that's the thing. You can make it a co-ed sport because yeah. of the flag football, co- I mean, the flag component of it.
1: Initially, when I saw this, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say scoff, but I was just like, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this off. And I mean, again, we're talking about just in a few years, that type of thing. But then the more I, I actually thought about it, it's like I'm, I'm a little surprised. This is the first time it, it's really kind of come up or or it's happening. Now maybe it's come up before and I just missed it. But it, you think about soccer and it's an international sport. Basketball, you brought it up. I mean, we we go down the list of. Of all these things, I mean, there's international baseball. I mean, there just isn't really international football. Now, again, we—I'm not trying to discredit Canadian football or the Euro League and all those things, but I'm not. I'm talking about from from an Olympic standpoint. Uh, there isn't there isn't a lot of competition. Let me play this forward just a little bit. And is this something where the NFL or United States is sending some of their prize players? Because again. If you're an NFL team, because we see this with hockey, right? When it's mm-hmm. the Olympics, right? And they just recently said, hey, we're not sending any of our players. Um, we, you see NBA, right? When it gets to the Olympics, that type of thing. Sending those players, will the NFL supply the players? Or will this come from college? Will they be amateurs? I, I, that,
0: that's where the questions start to really build for me. I suspect it'll be a mix of pro and amateur, and I suspect most of these guys will come from the spring leagues, got places like the USFL, the XFL, things like that. I, I suspect that's where most of these players will come from. Yeah, and in flag football, you don't need the offensive line, right. which has been the Achilles heel of those spring leagues. You just need a pass distributor and, and athletes. And and so that's that's really what, uh, what what that'll boil down to in order to get the product off the ground.
1: No, that, that's a good point. It's just it's funny because oftentimes you want a little bit of the name recognition. I mean think about the dream team, right? We, we still reference the dream team and and all of the when you talk about basketball and when it's represented, but it's not the same wear and tear. sure there is wear and tear. there's no doubt about that. the, the amount of um, time you put in to practicing and playing and all that and especially in your offseason, the summer league, uh, you know that that is something that impacts these guys. but for NFL, if I'm one of these franchises, I don't want my wide receivers out there running routes in this, even if they do have a chance to win an Olympic medal.
0: Yeah, I don't want If you're an NFL player, there's, no way, yeah, there's that, no way you're doing that. You're not, too much in, money. Right, and if you're a player, you're going to have to have insurance on all this kind of stuff anyway. So, All right, next story. Four.
1: All right, let's uh, go to some unfortunate news. Haven't had a lot of arrest news here the offseason so far, but not for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears' David Moore, who, by the way, was here uh, with the Broncos mm-hmm. I think last year, uh, arrested on drug and weapon charges. And he is, as it turns out, the third Chicago Bears player to be arrested. Byron Pringle, former Chiefs wide receiver, arrested for reckless driving on a suspended license on April 24th. And Bears linebacker Matt Adams was arrested on misdemeanor gun charge on June 23rd. So, so far, for GM Ryan
0: Poles... Not so great. In, inauspicious debut. Uh, the top two guys that you probably thought were going to be your two of your top three receivers have uh, <laughs> been arrested in the offseason. Three additions Ryan Poles brought in. Um, that, is, that is a bad look for a new general manager. The guys you're bringing in have all these character concerns, character questions. They keep getting arrested. Um, it's a bad look for your organization. Uh, everybody knows every coach out there, like you know, holds his breath during the, the, the period from June to uh, to August or the start of training camp, whatever the day is, um, because you know that's the that's the silly season where people go out there and do dumb stuff. Well, here you go, the Bears are just going out there getting popped right and left, and um, you know it's not like that offense is exactly stacked with talent to begin with. So um, you know, I think that uh, I think you're in for a bit of a, a struggle bus season uh, on that offense at the rate they're going. Did you see how David Moore got caught? No, I, I didn't. I've talked to some people about the charges, but I haven't. I didn't see the arrest. So DMZ, of course. Okay. Reports, officers found Moore
1: asleep in the driver's seat of a pickup in a Taco Bell drive through around 11 p.m. Sunday and said he smelled of marijuana during questioning. Good times.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, why does nobody get caught in the good times?
1: No, that's, that's a fantastic question. I mean, 11 p.m., I don't think they're open. But, Probably not, yeah. But, but they, Taco Bell, 11 p.m., you fall asleep didn't, I'm trying to in think. the isn't drive. That,
0: isn't that where Jim Bob Cooter, wasn't it? Oh, that was a Wendy's drive-thru, where he went uh, running naked through the Wendy's
1: drive through They found a package of THC edible candies along with three pistols.
0: Good. To, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's just a good Christian Tuesday. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well. Why would uh, they arrest him for that? <laughs> I can't see the look on my face right now. But, yeah, you you got to be smarter than that. They, I mean, like, you know. You just got to be smart on that. I, I don't. I, 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 I. can't say anything to defend him because you have to be smart than that.
1: Yep. All right. Next story. Five. All right. So we touched on this earlier, but I want to come back to this Von Miller story. There's a lot of little interesting nuggets in here. We talked about the Broncos portion of this. And the one that's kind of getting the most run right now is the fact that the Cowboys, after losing out on the Randy Gregory sweepstakes, which, again, is its own... <laughs> debacle. <laughs> right. Right. They offered the exact same contract to Von Miller. They just turned around and said, hey, what do you think? Five years, $70 million." And Vaughn said he wanted to come to the Cowboys, but he wasn't willing to take that low of an offer. He said he would take a discount, but not that much of a discount hmm. compared to what he's getting with the Bills. Vaughn says a lot of things.
0: Um, <laughs> right. Vaughn Von, Von says, th- right. Von, Von says a lot of things. It's uh, a good reminder.
1: It's a good reminder for everybody.
0: Vaughn says a lot of things, and sometimes the things he says are actually true. Um, Von Miller tried to insinuate and imply that the Denver Broncos and him were talking uh, during his free agent. They were not at all. Uh, We reported that here on the show. It's in the article too. People called me a liar. Said Von said, "Well, guess in the end, guess who's telling the truth?" Yeah. Um, And I mean, this is Von Miller saying they never called me back. Yeah. So you know, I I, I tried to tell you guys that the Broncos weren't doing the Von Miller thing. That wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. He got dealt for a reason. He wasn't coming back to this locker room. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that's uh, Von, it was, uh, Von realized he was on the last big money deal of his career, any which way you slice it, and he was going to take the money and he was going to take whoever offered it. So, the idea that it would have, quote, taken less to go to Dallas, all Von do, is doing is lubing up Dallas so that the next time, you know, when he get, eventually gets cut from Buffalo and doesn't work out the whole contract like he claims he wants to play out, uh, that he'll have uh, uh, the home team there still, you know, and fan base still. Well, maybe he's got a little left in the tank.
1: And and it's understandable, and it's he's listen. It's good business. He he, he markets it's not the truth, but it's good business. He markets himself very well. He always has, and we obviously here locally in Denver, we love Von, Von Miller, right? He's been great for this community. He was great for this team. He he is no question ring of famer, no question hall of famer, all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. But yeah, I mean, he has, and I think a lot of it comes back to his son Valor. He has aspirations of playing. To a point where Valor can come to the games and watch his dad play, like he want. His son's one years old, one year one old year right now. Right. So, so he has aspirations to play. Un, to a point where Valor is capable of, of having memories of seeing his dad play. Mm-hmm. This is very important to Von Miller. That's why he's talking about playing out the, the entirety of the Bills contract. We'll, see, like you said, we'll see if that even up happening. But he certainly has a, a belief. That he can,
0: he has that still left in the tank. Well, and you have to have that belief at that age. I mean, you got to have that belief. If you're Kareem Jackson, Von Miller, you have to have that belief in yourself because nobody else is going to believe in you. Uh, as far as the other things go, the other thing about that is Von Miller's plan for legacy. He knows he has to total right. a certain ta- sack total. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame necessarily yet. Close. Oh, two Super Bowls, close. If he close, gets, well, well, first of all, if he gets one more championship
1: then that's, that, it doesn't even matter, right? Because there's nobody that's ever done that except for Matt Millen. Close,
0: but. but if you go look at the productivity right now, there are guys that have more sacks than him that are not in the Hall of Fame. If he gets one more sack in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he sets the Super Bowl record for sacks. But that's a Super Bowl record. I'm talking about his career record. Okay. There, are, there are guys that have played fewer games with more sacks okay. in eras where they didn't throw as much. Oh, man, so I, I think
1: he's in all right he's,
0: he's a mortal lock for the Ring of Fame, and right now he's right on the cusp. I think he needs two more seasons in order to make the Hall of Fame because I think the statistical profile will match at that point.
1: All right, final story. Six. All right, a bit of a sad note. James Kahn, one of my favorite actors, uh, passed away today at the age of 82. And my favorite movie of all time, we talk about movies all the time and Top Gun and all that. My favorite movie of all time is The Godfather. It just, mm-hmm. I think it's just brilliant from start to finish. The acting, the, the dialogue, the story. It's just, it, it, I, it's one of those movies I can just watch. No matter what mood I'm in, I think it's that kind of movie. And he was brilliant, Asani in that. But but since this is a sports show and this is a sports segment, I mean, of the sports movies he's been in, which are quite a few, do you have a favorite?
0: Well, I think most people are probably going to default to Brian Piccolo, Brian Song. Uh, I think that... Um, I know you're partial to the program. Yep, love the program. Um, I think that's the other one I think people would default to. Rollerball, I don't know if we count that as a sports movie. He was in the 1975 version, not the Rob Zombie remake. Uh, but the things I think of James Caan in aren't necessarily the sports movies, although those two definitely stick out as, as two favorites. Um, you know, I liked him in that TV series, uh, Las Vegas. Um, I think my favorite movie with him uh, is, is probably one of those more forgettable movies, uh, Mickey Blue Eyes. It was uh, him, Hugh Grant, and yeah, uh, I can't remember the He was good in that, that. one. Uh, but the the, the back the, the back and forth between him and Hugh Grant was just great. I, I liked him in
1: Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, with Nick Cage. Right, right. And Sarah Jessica Parker. That was really fun. And I even liked him like a racer, like with uh, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger yeah. Because he, he just he, he brought this kind of I don't know. He was funny. Like he was a funny. He was he was a, he was a villain, right? But he had just this this class to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean. Like I said, one of my favorite actors and, and in the Godfather of course his son. Well, right. Made, I
0: mean everybody's got the Godfather. Yeah. But it, yeah, I just I, you know, I thought he was a great actor. I thought he did, I thought he was at his best in menacing sort of roles in comedic movies. Yes, cuz he brought way, the yeah. right amount of, of gravitas and seriousness to it. Well, one Elf,
1: Elf is still yeah, like uh, still
0: a fantastic. Oh,
1: yeah. One of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and of course The Kids, I you know, that's one of their favorite Christmas movies, so uh, certainly a bummer there. All right, well, there you go. That does it for our NFL six-pack. We'll post it up at broncoscountrytonight.com. That does it for us. It's Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright on KOA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?